Hey, Freedom Fighters. Rob Berger here, author of Retire Before Mom and Dad. Uh, welcome to another video where I guess I try to help you make the most of your money and achieve financial freedom, you know, sometime in the not too distant future. And today I want to talk about investing in a bear market. Since we're in our first bear market in over a decade, it seemed like an appropriate topic. It turns out, well, let's say this. You've probably heard folks say that in a bear market, you should just keep doing what you're doing. Don't change your investment strategy. Don't change your asset allocation. Certainly don't go off and sell all your stocks because eventually the market will, will rebound. And sometimes, you know, you hear this in sort of pithy little quotes like Warren Buffett's, uh, we should be greedy when others are fearful and fearful when others are greedy. And of course, I couldn't agree more. I'm not one to tend to disagree with Warren Buffett when it comes to matters of money anyway. But the problem is, it's, it's, we all know that's what we should do. We all know we should stay the course, but when the market is crashing, it's really hard to do. And I wanna show you some examples as we look at my computer screen. I went back and I wanted to find a chart of the 2008 bear market. And I found it on, interestingly, on a Forbes article written in 2014. These 23 charts prove that stocks are heading for a devastating crash. Well, unless the charts somehow indicated that six years later, a, a, a global pandemic would uh, uh, turn us into the market into a bear market, I don't think those charts really proved <laughs> anything. Uh, but this chart's interesting, and let me show you a bigger view of it. Here it is. This is uh, the S&P 500. Uh, from uh, 2000, I guess it's 10 year period, it looks like 2004 to 14. And you can see we just fell off a cliff here, as we all can remember, in 2000, I guess the end really of 2007, but mainly 2008 and early 2009. And I can tell you a lot of people then and shortly thereafter told me that they'd sold most or all of their equities. Uh, they got scared. And the interesting thing is, as years went by, I, I didn't I never spoke to a single person who said, boy, I'm so glad I sold all my stocks. Without uh, exception, they all had profound regret for the decisions they made with their investment portfolios. And that was true even for if, whether they were young investors just getting started. Folks like me, I'm in my 50s, and so I've got a little bit more accumulated than I did 10 or 20 years ago, but I'm not retired. And also retirees uh, who, who I think are in a position where it's, it's the most difficult to stick to your investment plan in a bear market. And uh, they all had profound regret. By the way, this chart comes from FRED, which is the, um, uh, the Fed's economic data um, tool. You can see it here, fred.stlouisfed.org. Great tool. They have a ton of, of, of economic data and tools you can use. This is one, again, it goes, only goes back 10 years uh, so in 2020, it goes back to 2010. What's interesting, by the way, is if I pull it in a little closer to the last year or so, we see the big sell-off. I guess it started around the middle of February. Of course, it went way down. The S this is tracking the S&P 500. It was 2237. Now it's up higher. Uh, it's gained about maybe half of it back or, or thereabouts. Of course, we don't know. Uh, what tomorrow holds, right? If we come back to this chart, you know, there are plenty of times where it gained a bunch, like right here, and then fell, and then gained some more, then fell a lot and gained, and um, even on the way up, it falls a lot. So it's very difficult to predict 
what the market's going to do, frankly, this afternoon, let alone in the coming days, weeks, months, and years. So what I want to do in this video is show you what it would have been like in the last bear market, which we know how that ended. Uh, we don't know how the current one's going to end, or maybe we know how, we just don't know when. Uh, but we can look at the last one and kind of use it as a test case and see how different kinds of investment strategies would have paid off. Now, I can tell you, having looked it up, uh, the top of the market was around October of 2007. The bottom of the market, way down here, March 2009. And then it wasn't until about March of 2013, way out here, that we actually got back to our previous high. So that, that's how long it took, about almost exactly five and a half years. So we're going to use that data uh, to look at a couple of different investment strategies, if you will. And to do that, I'm going to use a tool that I really like a lot. It's called Portfolio Visualizer, PortfolioVisualizer.com. And let me actually just go to the home page. Uh, this is uh, what you'll see when you go to the site. The tool I am using is what's called their Backtest Asset Allocation tool. I'll show you how to use it. It's very straightforward. And um, we're kind of going to use it at a very simple level today. Um, but it's a fun tool to play with. Uh, well, if you're an investing number numbers geek like, like I am. But in any event, here's what we're going to do. Uh, let's assume we're going to look at this month by month. And we're going to start uh, when the peak of the market was, which again, I think was around October of 07. And we're going to go until it, it, it reattained that peak. So it's going to dip all the way down to the bottom. It lost, what, more than 50% as of March 09. And then it took it till about March 2013 to get back to where it was in October of 20, 2007. Um, and let's assume we've got, we'll just assume we've got 100,000. Right? And for now, we're not going to add to it. We're just going to, at the beginning of this bear market, Back in October of 07, we're just going to assume you had 100 grand. All right. So we're not going to add to it at the moment. We'll, we'll have this rebalancing annually, although you'll see with the portfolios that I, I'm going to use, it won't matter. So you can compare portfolios. Um, and there's a bunch of different factors you can put in here. We're not going to need any of those. I'm going to compare two portfolios. The first one is someone who said, you know what, in October of 20, 2007, they just had some premonition. Market's going to crash. Maybe, I don't know, maybe it was this guy, uh, although he was a little early, but um, whatever. Uh, and they, they, they just sold all their stock. They, they had an S&P 500 fund or whatever. They sold it and they went to cash. So, so this is Mr. Cash. And we've got it right here. And it's going to be 100% of his, whoops, there we go, 100% of his portfolio uh, through this bear market. And then someone else had, you can use either the U.S. stock market, which would include small companies, we're going to stick with just the U.S. large cap, honestly. Well, actually, you know what? We'll look at both. I don't think it'll make a huge difference. We'll look at both. So there you go. So we're going to compare someone who went to cash for the whole bear market, someone who was in, say, an S&P 500 index fund. That would be a U.S. large cap, and they just stuck to their investment strategy. And then someone else who also um, basically the same thing. They just had a, like a, think of it as a Vanguard total stock market index fund. How do these three compare? Right. By the way, before we hit this analyze portfolio button, um, you know, in the industry, this portfolio of cash would be called safe. I have to put that in air quotes, safe. These would be risky. Of course, you have to understand when the investment world says an investment is, quote unquote, safe. 
What they mean by that is it's not volatile or not as volatile as a risky investment. A risky investment is one that can go up and down by a lot, a lot, a lot in a short period of time. Stocks, as we've seen, uh, meet that criteria. Cash doesn't, right? Uh, money you have in a FDIC-insured bank account doesn't skyrocket one day and crash the next. So when they talk about safe, that's what they mean. What they don't mean, by the way, is which, which investment is more likely to, to enable you to reach your financial goals, right? It's like, the way I think about it is, it's if we imagine that driving a car is safer than flying, I'm not sure that it is, but let's just imagine that it is. And we say, well, you know, we're gonna drive from, from Washington DC where I live to LA, because it's safer. Well, it is, except that if your goal is to get there in six hours, you're, you're guaranteed to fail. So in that case, yeah, airlines would be safer if, if what you're trying to do is figure out the mode of transportation that's most likely to get you to your destination in the time you have. You can think of investing the same way. Yeah, th this is safe in that it's not volatile, but it, sure, it surely ain't safe if your goal is to achieve financial freedom or to retire anytime in, oh, I don't know, the next century. All right, enough of that. Let's hit this analyzed portfolio and see what we get. So. Uh, interesting. So this is the cash portfolio. I wonder if we could have named them. Maybe not. Anyway, um, portfolio one is cash and you can see, of course, we didn't lose money. Uh, we earned a little bit of interest and um, yeah, we ended up with about 103,000 after five and a half years. These risky portfolios, uh, 115 and 119. Now, what interests me about this is that the, the, the Portfolio three, which would have included small cap and, and mid-sized cap, actually outperformed. There's no guarantee it'll do that in any given period of time. I think these two portfolios are roughly the same, although obviously $4,000 difference in, is pretty significant here. But the real takeaway is for those that just said, you know what, I'm going to bury my head in the sand. I'm not going to just do something. I'm going to stand there, <laughs> right? They did phenomenally well, right? They had to weather the storm. They had to they had to deal with all of this and it wasn't easy because they weren't just dealing with the decline in the market. They're dealing with high unemployment. Uh, they're dealing with the banking industry that might collapse. The auto industry might collapse. People were losing their homes. It was a scary time, by the way, not unlike today, right? The, in some ways, the stock market's the least of our concerns. We've got the obvious health issues with COVID-19. Um, unemployment, of course, has just gone through the roof. Uh, businesses aren't even open, let alone trying to survive. I mean, they can't even open their doors. So there's a lot of scary things that happen in any bear market. And, and the scary things usually aren't the same. They're different in some ways. Uh, uh, but if you can withstand that scary market, you're eventually gonna come out here, right? Or here, or whatever your asset allocation may be. It's probably not all 100% stocks, uh, and that's fine. Um, but here, if you just did nothing, you ended up doing quite well. Of course, it's hard to do nothing during a bear market, right? And that's the whole point. We can come to the end of the bear market like we've done in this scenario and look at the numbers and see that we've come out not only just okay, but you know, quite good, all things considered. Uh, but what about in the middle of all of this? How do we survive that? Remember, we're looking at this at the end, March 2013. The bottom of this bear market was March 2009. So you're talking four years earlier. So it's important to embrace those numbers. Let's take a quick look at them. If we go to March of 2009 and we rerun these numbers, 
boy, they're ugly. Look at this. Our, you know, our do-nothing portfolio has gone from 100 grand. It's almost been cut in half. It's 54,000 right now. Um, the actual drawdown, the max has been over 50%. Of course, we are earning some dividends. But you have to understand, this is when folks at work and in your neighborhood who went to cash, they probably didn't go to cash in October of 2007. I mean, almost no one times the market perfectly. Uh, but maybe they went at some point, you know, thereafter, and they've got a fair amount, fair amount in their their cash account. And um, here you are, you're halfway down. You know, you've lost almost 50 percent, and you don't know if you're at the end yet. You know, in March of '09, we didn't know that it was the bottom. Things could get worse, and we need to understand that. We need to understand that um, that through these bear markets, we're going to have to struggle and suffer through a really significant drawdown in our portfolio. The only other alternative is to try to time the market, but you're going to have to get it right when you pull out. You're going to have to get it right when to, as to when to go back in. And you're going to have to do that again and again and again throughout a lifetime of investing. I have met absolutely no one who's capable of doing that. No one. And I don't care if they're using gut instinct or some, some silly um, data and analysis that they think can tell them what the market's going to do. Uh, it simply doesn't work. But for buy and hold long-term investors, the outcome, I think, will be quite positive. But we've got to be prepared for, for the dark days at the bottom of a bear market because they're going to happen. Now, so far, we've been looking at this from the perspective of uh, someone who has a lump sum to invest at the beginning of, in this case, October of 2007. That may be ideal, say, for someone who's in retirement. Um, and where you're not adding to your portfolio. And that's where I think it's so important to have at least five years of spending money outside of, uh, of equities so that when we go into a bear market like that, you can ride it out a little bit. Again, you're not trying to time the market, but you are trying to put yourself in a position where you're not drawing down uh, uh, stock investments in the middle of a bear market. You may have some bonds, you may have some cash, and again, if you can hold on, as we saw here, we'll go back to those numbers briefly. If we go back to March 2013 and view this as just your stock portfolio. Whoops, let's try that again. This would be October 07 to March 13. Yeah, you come out just fine. And that's why holding some amount of your spending money in cash and short-term bonds as a retiree is so important. But now here's what I want to do. I want to compare the cash person who ends up with about $103,000 with someone who during this exact same five and a half year period is maybe just starting off. We have to put something in here. They don't let us put a zero. So we'll say you've got $1 saved at, the, at October of 20, 2007. And you're going to contribute a fixed amount, we'll say a thousand bucks, and um, we're not even going to adjust it for inflation. It's just going to be a thousand dollars every month. You're going to contribute it monthly. Now, let me just stop and say I, I know that some for some people a thousand dollars a month is impossible. I don't know for some of you big spenders out there, maybe you say five or ten grand a month. This is just a number I'm picking. Um, the principles are the same whether you're investing twenty-five bucks a month or twenty-five thousand dollars a month. Um, and so what I want to compare, we'll just leave the investments the same. We know that for the cash person, actually, if we just had a lump sum, 100 grand to begin with, you ended up with 102,000. 
Um, what I'm really interested, I'll keep this portfolio here, but what I'm really interested in is portfolios two and three. How does that investor who's contributing to the stock market uh, investments every month, how do they fare? Now, let's think about this. This is a total of five and a half years. So that's 66 months. So we will have invested a total of $66,000 at the end of this five and a half year period. Again, a bear market. One of the questions this can help us answer is, is now a good time to start investing? And I've gotten that question a lot. Personally, I think any time is a great time to start investing. But if you're at the beginning of your investment journey or near the beginning, frankly, a bear market is a beautiful thing for you. It's exactly what you want because you'll be investing in, at lower and lower prices. And when you get dividends and they get reinvested, they're reinvested at lower and lower prices. So how does this work out if we analyze these portfolios? So look at this, the, if we come back up, the cash portfolio, right? Um, again, this is contributing $1,000 a month during this bear market from October 07 to March of 13. Uh, they've made a little bit of money, not a ton. Um, but look at the, the stock investments. They've invested 66,000 during this supposedly terrible time to invest, a bear market, right? And they've come out at 92 for the S&P 500 and 94,000 for the total stock market. They've almost, by the way, matched the person who got out of the market with 100 grand and put it in cash. Remember, they had 102,000. Uh, these folks who just start investing invest a total of 66,000, $1,000 a month for five and a half years. They're not quite at 102,000, but they're awfully close. And as you can see, they've done extremely well for themselves. So the, the real point of this video and what I hope you take away is really two things. One is um, the best approach to a bear market is to just keep doing what you're doing. The ability to time the market is just, it's not a practical, uh, consistent way to invest. You just simply cannot guess the, the highs and the lows of the market. No, no one can. But more importantly, a bear market is a phenomenal time to invest. In fact, it's probably one of the most important investment tools we have available to us. There's so many things we can't control. We can't control the market. We can't control companies in the S&P 500 and how they are decisions they're going to make. We can control our spending, at least to some extent, hopefully. To some extent, we have control over how much we make. But we absolutely can control how we behave in a bear market. And if we stick to our plan, whether we're uh, at the beginning of our investment journey and just starting to make monthly contributions, uh, or if we're in retirement, we've got effectively lump sums that we're investing along with money set aside in cash and CDs and short-term bonds for our living expenses over the next several years. Whatever scenario we're in, uh, if we can just stick to our plan and um, not give in to the fear that can sometimes grip folks during a bear market, when we come out of that bear market, and we always do, our portfolios will thank us for it. We'll end up with nice numbers uh, like we see here if we can just weather the storms of the bear market. So the takeaways, one, yeah, this is a great time to start investing, even in the middle of a bear market. In fact, it's, it's the best time to start investing. Uh, even if you're in retirement, as long as you've got money set aside for living expenses for the next, I think, at least five years, you can weather the storm and come out quite well at the end of 
uh, this uh, bear market. Uh, yeah, so it's the don't just do something, stand there approach to investing. And it's the approach I've been following for 30 years and it's served me very well. I, it's an approach that I think, uh, well, I think everyone uh, should follow it. So listen, I hope you found this video helpful, kind of explains a bear market and the way to think about it, big, big picture. Uh, if you have any questions, leave them uh, below the video, happy to respond to them. And hey, if you like this video, maybe, I don't know, give it a thumbs up and subscribe to the channel for more content just like this. Until next time, remember, the best thing money can buy is financial freedom.